Thanks for tuning in to Hand to Hand in the Trenches, a missionary story podcast. I'm Caleb Hickam. And I'm Kimberly Croker. And we are your hosts for this episode of Hand to Hand. Hand to Hand is a ministry outreach of Charity Baptist Tabernacle in Amarillo, Texas. And Hand to Hand is a missionary story podcast that tells the true stories of Christians around the world who have hazarded their lives for the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Again, today we are continuing the story of pioneer Texan and Baptist preacher Z.N. Morrell. That's right. And as I'm sure you all remember, last week we talked about Z.N.'s first trip to Texas. And when we finished, Z.N. had just returned to Mississippi to get his family and move to Texas. The prospects of a future in Texas looked very bright to the Morrell family as they made their way across Louisiana to Texas. Yes, the reports were that the Texas Army had captured San Antonio and everyone believed the war was just about over. As a matter of fact, by February of 1836, as the Morrells were traveling towards Texas, most of the soldiers in the Texas Army had gone home believing there was no longer any danger of a Mexican army arriving at San Antonio before the spring, or more likely, not until the next summer. So, with no danger in sight, most of the soldiers had gone back to their farms and had left only about 182 men, including Lieutenant Colonel William Barrett Travis, Jim Bowie, and the infamous Davy Crockett to defend the Alamo. I guess I've had enough soldiering for a spell. I reckon I'll go home to my family till spring. The decision would prove to be a mistake. Unbeknownst to the Texans, General Santa Ana had crossed the Rio Grande on February the 12th and marched his army through a terrible Blue Northern, or Texas Blizzard, to arrive at San Antonio on the morning of February the 23rd. The 182 Texans fortified themselves in the Alamo and fought bravely and held out for 13 days. But on March 6th of 1836, the Mexican army overran the Alamo, killing every man inside, 
including Zian Morrell's old friend from Tennessee, Colonel Davy Crockett. Barely 20 days later, in what would come to be known as the Goliad Massacre, Santa Ana and the Mexican Army executed Colonel James Fannin and about 425 men after they had surrendered and been promised kind treatment as prisoners of war. Ready? Aim. Fire. With the dark cloud now forming over Texas, people began to flee to the U.S. as fast as they could. In fact, almost everyone that the Morales met as they entered Texas were leaving Texas. While only a few months before, everyone was telling Zian that he should move his family to Texas, now almost everyone he met was telling him that he was a fool for taking his family to Texas and that they would all be killed for sure. Whoa there, whoa. Whoa there, whoa, hey, you old fool. You're headed the wrong way. The Mexicans have defeated Alamo, murdered everyone at Goliad, and they've got General Sam Houston and his men running like a scared cat. If you go there, your whole family will be killed for sure. Well, sir, I do appreciate the news, but the Lord has called us to Texas, and we shall go. The blazes with that. Your Lord must want you dead then. We trust him. I'll tell you what you can trust. You can trust the Indians to scalp you if the Mexicans don't kill you first. I'll warn you, sir, that if you don't turn to Christ, a worse fate than the Mexican or the Indian awaits you. So, the family prayed for safety and continued on their way. Before they had traveled much farther, news arrived that the course of the whole war had changed. On April 21st, when Zian's other old friend, General Sam Houston, and about 780 other men had attacked and defeated the Mexican army of almost 2,000 on the banks of the San Jacinto River. In a pitched battle that lasted only 18 minutes, General Houston and his men killed over 650 Mexicans, and they had lost only eight men. It was a decisive victory that guaranteed the independence of the Republic of Texas. The Morrell family even met General Sam Houston at San Augustine, where he was recovering from a wounded ankle which he had received during the Battle of San Jacinto. Hello there, you old wildcat. Welcome to the Republic of Texas. The future looks bright for this land now. Indeed it does, sir. Indeed it does. And our country owes you a great debt of gratitude. But I'm still a Baptist preacher, General, so I will remind you now, as I did many times back in old Tennessee, that no drunkard will inherit eternal life. I am still praying for your salvation. Although the Mexican threat was gone, at least for now, the threat of Indian attack was still very real. As they traveled on through the month of November, they were joined by a young man in his early 20s named Reed. At night, when they made camp, Zian ordered his two sons, 
ages 11 and 13, as well as Mr. Reed, to sleep with their guns at the ready. Boys, we better keep our guns at the ready tonight in case the Indians attack. I want each of you to keep your powder dry and shot bag around your neck. Yes, Papa, do you think our dogs will wake us if any Indians come close by? Yes, son, I reckon they will. But even so, we better get up and add wood to the fire every couple hours, just in case. Around 11 o'clock that night, about 150 Indians quietly approached the camp. Thankfully, the dogs smelled them and sounded the alarm. Boys, get up! Get up! The Indians are here! Get up! Get ready! The two men and two boys jumped to their feet and stood with gun in hand behind the fire so the Indians could see that they were well armed. Even though the Indians had enough men to easily defeat the Morales, they had been hoping to surprise them in their sleep. So, when faced with the prospect of armed resistance, they skulked away into the ravine close by. The Morales stayed up the rest of the night, and the next morning they praised God for his deliverance. We thank you, Lord, for protecting your servants from all harm last night. We know that the word says safety is of the Lord. They were even more thankful when they learned a few days later that the very same Indians had attacked a cabin near their camp and had massacred the entire family. The Morels finally arrived at the little colony at the falls of the Brazos, which was to be their new home, and they found six to eight families there, many of which were from various Protestant groups, but with no church or preacher for many, many miles. They were all more than anxious to hear the Baptist preacher, and Zian began preaching to them once a week. Zian also befriended the soldiers at the nearby fort. Around January 1st of 1837, the commander of the fort told Zian some bad news. Preacher, our ammunition's almost completely gone. We have less than five rounds per man. If the Indians attack or the Mexicans return, we won't stand a chance. Well, if I were to travel to Washington on the Brazos to purchase some gunpowder and lead, how much you reckon the fort can afford to buy? That's just it, Zian. The government's broke. We have no money at all. Very well, sir. This is my country now. That means this is my fight, and I will. Lord willing, travel alone the hundred miles to Washington on the Brazos, and I will purchase the powder and lead out of my own pocket. So, Zian set out on the 100-mile trip to Washington, Texas. He would travel for 30 miles or more without seeing anyone. But when he did come to a small community, he would stop and preach that night. When he arrived in Washington, he went to every store in town looking for lead and gunpowder. What can I do for you? 
I need to purchase some lead and powder. Huh. Yeah, you and everyone else in Texas right now. Will you have any? I have a keg of lead I can sell you, but I don't have any powder. I don't think anyone in town does. Well, I'll purchase the lead from you, and tomorrow I'll ride out to Nashville and try the Jackson store. All right. I'll get the boys to help you pack the lead into your saddlebags. And by the way, young lady, I am a Baptist preacher, and I'll be preaching tonight over at Mr. Byers' blacksmith shop. I hope to see you there. My, my, a Baptist preacher, huh? Yes, I'll be there. It's been a long while since we had a sermon in these parts. Zian had tried every store in town and had been unable to buy any gunpowder at all. So, after preaching that night, Zian prepared to ride to Nashville, Texas. He loaded his saddlebags full of lead and even bent a couple of bars and tied a string around them so he could hang them from the saddle horn. Then he was on his way. When he got to Nashville, he was able, after much difficulty, to buy six canisters of gunpowder, then continue home. Over the next few months, Zn had to make several trips either to Washington or to the new city of Houston to purchase supplies for himself and his family or for the soldiers at the fort. These were often dangerous and difficult trips in which he would have to swim rivers and remain ever watchful for Indian attacks. But the Lord was always protecting him. On his first trip to Houston, which at this time was mostly a tent city, Zian found out that there had never been one sermon of any denomination preached in the city of Houston. It would be a novel thing to hear preaching, so the townsfolk, some just for the novelty of it, and some excited to hear from the Lord, got to work setting up seats in the shade, and Zian preached the very first sermon anyone ever preached in Houston, Texas. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Call ye upon the name of the Lord before it's too late. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the danger of Indian attacks remained. One Sunday, just as they were closing services, the Indians rushed in and killed two men. All the men grabbed their weapons and mounted their horses to chase the Indians, but couldn't catch them. In June of 1837, the Indian depredation was so bad that it became too dangerous for the Morales to stay at the little colony. Yes, the Indians and Mexicans had overpowered the fort and forced the soldiers to retreat. The Morels were forced to flee from their home, leaving the best crop they had ever cultivated to the Mexicans. They went to Washington on the Brazos River, where Zian used what little money he had to set up a store in order to support his family. Yes, Zian was a little discouraged after losing his home, but 
he thanked the Lord that his family was safe. Then, he and a few Baptist believers that were living there in Washington organized a church and got to work trying to reach the young men who were soldiers there. Them boys need to be reached with the gospel. Amen. Amen. The old evil of liquor is all over this city, working to destroy the souls of them boys. Let us go forth with the water of life and give them a drink that they may never thirst again. That's right. That's right. Amen. Oh, Lord, hear the prayers of thy servant and the prayers of the mothers in distant lands for these wayward sons. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I think that that's probably a pretty good stopping place. What do you think, Caleb? Yeah, we, uh, we need to stop for today. But we'll be back next week with more on the life and ministry of Z.N. Wildcat Morell. Psalm 71, verse 10. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together. Verse 14. But I will hope continually, and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness, and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof.